And we're up to number two of the 48 ways. And that is, Bishmiat Ha'ozen. Shmiat means to listen. Ha'ozen is with the ears. Listen with your ears. Isn't that an interesting statement? Now, what do the rabbis mean? You see, when you say to someone, hear me, there's different intonations that you mean. You say, but you're not hearing what I say. means that you're not paying attention, right? But you didn't hear me, means you didn't understand me. Now, you hear me when your mother is telling it to you. Now, you shut the door, or else she's going to come down with a bulldozer. You obey me, is hear me. So whenever you hear in Torah a word like Shema, hear, O Israel, it means complete. Focus, pay attention, listen, understand, assimilate it, and put it into action. Now, why does it say Shmiya Ta'ozen? Listen with your ears. The rabbis say, wait, before you take all the steps, listen with your ears. First, know what you're talking about. Before you decide whether you accept it or you disagree, before you argue, before you make statements, before you declaim, first, Shmiya Ta'ozen, first, Focus. What are you talking about? So to give you an idea of what you're after, see, a fellow comes into this yeshiva visiting the Holy Land. Everybody knows this is the Holy Land, right? So you ask your guy, look, he's spending some time in the Holy Land. How does it feel? You feel like it's holy? He says, listen, I've been to the north, I've been to the south, to Masada, to Engedi. Nothing holy about this place. So what we say to them is, tell me, you've been to the north, you've been to the south, you've been to Masada, to Tiberias, how many bafuf sticks did you see? Huh? How many bafuf sticks did you see? So the fellow says, bafuf sticks, what's that? So we say to him, did I ask you what a bafuf stick is? I didn't ask you what a bafuf stick is. I asked you, how many did you see? He says, what the heck are you talking about? How can I tell you how many I saw? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what a bafustik is. So we say, tell me, do you know what holy is? What are we looking for in the holy land? Angels swirling down the street, or rainbows of color, light, going in and out of rocks? <laughs> is that what you thought holiness was? How can you tell me there's nothing holy here unless you have a definition? Unless you know what you're talking about. You see that? And yet people will talk. There is holy, not holy. I got free will. I don't have free will. And they don't bother with definitions, with knowing what they're talking about. Okay, so how do we go about it? So number one is, of course, you've got to first pay attention. First, you've got to focus on what's being said on what the issues are. We're going to argue about holy or about buffalo sticks or about... First, you've got to focus what is being said. What is somebody telling you? And second of all, you have to take it out of all the verbiage and focus on the message, on the point that you're discussing. That's the, the first two things. Yeah. But then, if you try to focus on what people are saying and, and whether you're listening or not, and whether you have the message, and whether you understand what they're talking about, you'll find that it's a struggle to do this unless you have a tool and very handy tool, a one-word tool, and if you go off using it for the rest of your life, friends, you are rich. And the tool is always ask yourself, 
what? What is bafuftiks? What do you mean? Define what? Just ask that one word, what? What did he say? What does it mean? Powerful. So number four is, learn to ask this question on the whole and its parts. In other words, if you find that there's a commandment to know that there is a God, yeah, how do you know you know? What is knowledge? Where does knowledge come from? What is knowledge? Before you argue about God, what is know? What is belief? What is faith? Do you have knowledge? Very disturbing, because I mean, I know. Well, I have ten fingers, that's knowledge. Well, the earth is round, is that knowledge? Is that knowledge? Or is that something I accepted? What does it mean, know that there is a God? What does God mean? What do you mean by God, before you argue about it? So take it on the parts and on the whole. That's the way you use this tool. What? Focus on everything. Number five is, make sure that you use your own words, meaning words that make sense to you, that you can examine with your intuition, with your appreciation, not just words that befog the issue. For instance, let me give you an example. What's free will? Free will is to choose freely. Between what and what? I want to jump to the moon. Now, I have a free will choice. I can decide to jump to the moon or not to. Is that free will? No, that's not free will. So I, I can decide to see or not to see. No, that's not free will. Then what is free will? And I would suggest that a very easy appreciation of what free will is, you can decide to do what you want or what you feel like doing. When you have the choice of apologizing, you know that you want to apologize, it's the right thing to do, it will solve some problems, but you don't feel like doing it because it's unpleasant, and for the moment it's very embarrassing. I do what I feel like doing, it's easy. We don't choose evil because, ah, evil. No, no. We choose evil because we want to avoid any pain. That's why we do what we feel like doing rather than what we want to do. Because feeling is easy. But get a guy to say, no, I can't choose between what I want to do or what I feel like doing. I, I, just, I just do one or the other. No, you can choose. Nobody will argue with you. If that's what free will is defined, we always can do what we want to do or what we feel like doing. Do you want to be great? You don't feel like making the effort. You know that. You feel like postponing it, procrastinating it, and uh, ducking the issue and forgetting that I ever wanted to be great. Who said I wanted to be great? Yeah, I only want to be average. You want to be a mediocrity? No, all right, so I want to be great, but not today. If you want to be great, why not today? All right, I want to be great today, but I just don't feel like doing anything about it. Ah. But you know you can do what you want to do, not what you feel like doing. You can make that decision now, but it's too painful. Ah. But you can do it. You can make that decision. Nothing will stop me. That is one aspect of freedom. But that makes sense. I see that. Yeah. All right, number six is, so now start with basics, the important concepts and words that you constantly use. You believe in tolerance? What do you mean by it? You believe in justice? You think that we should love? 
You think that we should be fair? We should fulfill our obligations? You believe in freedom? Define your terms. Does that make sense? You're using these terms as things that you believe in. You want to be good? What do you mean by that? Definitions. Number seven is, see how important this is. Because, my friends, you ask anybody, are you a good man? He says, sure, I'm a good man, right? Of course I'm a good man, right? Well, what kind of an insulting question is that, right? Yeah? So you say, are you, are you a buffoof stick? What are you talking about? I'm not a buffoof stick. I don't like the sound of the name. It's enough to say, I'm not a buffoof stick, right? I don't like, you see that? We say, I'm, not, I'm no buffoof stick. Who are you calling a buffoof stick? Wait a moment. A buffoof stick means in, in Zulabia, you're great. If you're reasonable, you say, well, what does it mean? Do you have a definition what is good? How do you make a definition what is good? How do you make a statement you're good? What do you mean by good? Does that make sense? It's very important. So B of this is to realize how important it is. We use another example, and I hope you remember this example. If you ask any man, are you a good man? He is inclined to say, I'm good. You're a good person? Sure I am. You need to be good. So what you do is you say to a fellow, listen, my friend. If there were two people in front of me, one very good and one very evil, very good person, a very evil person, and I said to these two men, I would say to them, are you a good man? Which is more likely to answer, sure I am, the evil man or the good man? The evil man, he kicks his own mother in the stomach. And you're just horrified. You say, ah, that's terrible. How can you do such a terrible thing? Yeah? He says, you don't understand. She asked me to take out the garbage. You appreciate if I take out the garbage tomorrow, she might ask me to do the dishes. And who knows, I might be cleaning up the house. You got to make a stand for human dignity. Isn't that right? Okay, so the good man, he takes out the garbage, right? Yeah? So you say, ah, I see you're such a good man. He says, you didn't notice while I was taking out the garbage, I kicked my own mother in the stomach? What are you talking about? You didn't do any such thing. No? You didn't notice? Well, I was taking out the garbage. Did you see me grumbling? Well, why was I grumbling? I want to teach her a lesson. She shouldn't go and do this uh, with impunity. How should you take out the garbage? You say, it's a pleasure, man. You know, you made the supper and everything. My pleasure. <laughs> so hard to be good. Do you see that? We do the same thing. We retaliate, yeah? We know it's wrong, but here I am reading a book. What am I going to do? I'm going to say, all right, all right, I'm coming. So when we know what is good, at least we got to fight. person who has a definition, you don't kick your own mother, finished. You don't act disrespectfully, finished. You appreciate that you have to give her pleasure and honor, finished. Then you know when you're grumbling, you're not being so good. And you can't really do anything worse than that, right? If you don't have the definition, we do what we feel like doing and we paint ourselves good. So definitions is very important. I hope I impressed it on you.
You get a clarity, and then you have a chance of making it. Number uh, seven is that we must appreciate that use these concepts with caution until you have satisfactory definitions. All these concepts, I'm a Jew, I'm not a Jew, a good Jew, democracy, fanatic, tolerance, use them very warily. Know what you're talking about before you... First, a definition. What is tolerance? What is brainwashing? What is education? Then you can use them with a little more confidence. But be of this, certainly don't argue about it. <laughs> Until you have a definition, don't argue. Don't argue whether you got free will or you are good or you're not good until you at least get a definition. Get other people give you their definitions and use your own definition. Number eight is that now that you appreciate this, we are ready to play a very important game, and it's called the R.U.He game. Did you ever hear that game? It's a very important game. You see, the R.U.He game has worked on the premise, and it's very educating to play it. It works on the premise that our inclination makes us paint ourselves white. The person that we are arguing with face-to-face, -face, we paint him gray. And the fellow who can't defend himself, who's out of the picture, we paint him black. So, for example, you take a, a corner on two wheels, you know, say, thrilling, I am very courageous. Yeah? Your friend takes the corner on two wheels, yeah? and you're there, and you go, you say, hey, you're being a little foolhardy, right? Yeah? The guy that you're not with, and is not around, or you're telling about your friend, and he can't defend himself, you say, he's a reckless idiot. All right? That's the R.U. he game. Yeah. So now, the way it works is, you see, that a man is arguing with his son. Yeah? So the man says to his son, you stubborn mule, you. Yeah? The son says, uh-uh, you're not going to brainwash me. I am strong-willed. The father says, me brainwash you, idiot. I'm trying to educate you, right? Same fact. Just different ways of looking at it, right? So are there any ways of finding the truth? Or are we doomed to saying, I am an educator, you are a persuader, and he is a brainwasher, right? I'm strong-willed, you're stubborn. <laughs> He's pig-headed. Is this what we're doomed to do? That we'll always paint ourselves white? No. B of this is definitions is the way out. Definitions. Because when we're talking about the objective reality, we all agree. A brave man is a man who takes a necessary risk for a worthwhile purpose. If you take danger in order to save a human being or to save humanity, you're brave, right? Foolhardy man is a man who takes an unnecessary risk, but it's for a worthwhile purpose. A reckless idiot is a man who takes an unnecessary risk for no purpose. A man who charges a machine gun in order to get the enemy, in order to free his platoon, brave. If he takes an unnecessary risk when he's charging, instead of using every bit of cover, he's foolhardy. If he picks up his head... To say, hey, where they're shooting from? He's a reckless idiot. Strong will. What's strong will? Strong will means you have evidence 
put it on the table. I don't feel like looking at it, but I've got strong will. I'll look at any evidence. But don't yell at me. Don't bully me. And don't try to seduce me. Emotional kicks will get you nowhere. I am strong-willed. I'll stick to the evidence. Is that right? What's stubborn? Stubborn is, the fellow says, listen, I'll tell you what you're saying and the reasons that you believe the way you do, and I'll tell you why I disagree with you and my reasons. But that's it, friend. I don't want to have this discussion anymore. Finished. Closed. But I know where you come from. And this is my reply, and that's it. No more. That's stubborn. What's pigheaded? I need reasons. <laughs> I said so. You're wrong. That's pigheaded, right? So if your father says, you stubborn mule, I told you a thousand times that you've got to close the door. Now, what's your reason for not closing the door? Huh? You understand? Did he tell me a thousand times? Right? Well, you know, he's being very charitable. He should call you pig-headed. You understand? You have a way of checking things out. So definitions help us. It's true that we can twist anything. Yeah, but the more clarity you got, the harder it is to twist. Okay, so number ten. Whenever you hear a piece of wisdom, always remember, define your terms. If I tell you happiness is an obligation, or if somebody says the battle for life is a battle for sanity. What do you mean battle? What do you mean life? What do you mean sanity? Get clarity in every term. What does it mean that there's an obligation to be happy? What is happiness? Everything that you hear, you can't really make decisions unless you ask yourself, what are you talking about? If you say you can't talk to a stranger, what does that mean? You can't. It means that you don't feel like it. That isn't what you're saying. And B of this is, don't react to wisdom till you have your definitions and ask the question, what? Don't tell me that I've learned so much about living. I went to this S course. Tell me, friend, what did you learn? Define it. Does that make sense? You learned so much, what? Number 11 is that especially when you're learning our heritage, Torah, Mishnah, Talmud, that's very heavy, every word. Why did the rabbis use shmiatozen, hearing with your ears? Why didn't they say just you have to hear wisdom? You've got to first pay attention to what they're saying and define the words before you understand what they're talking about. You know if the Almighty is speaking, you better understand exactly what he's saying. You see, if you're shooting for the moon, a fraction of a logarithm mistake in the arc, <laughs> then you're, you're lost. Yeah. When you hear God, when you hear eternity, you better know exactly what you're talking about. Number 12 is that for living, it's on a very simple basis. Learning about life. You see quarrels. You know, everybody knows. People are nagging their children. They're fighting with their wives. They're wasting their time, right? And we say, I've learned a lot. I've seen my friends bust up in a divorce, and I've learned a lot. What did you learn? If you don't define what you learned then most probably you're going to learn the wrong things. You see, most people who go through a divorce say they've learned a lot, but really what they learned is you can't trust women, or I am incapable of living with a woman, or marriage is hell, or... <laughs> That's not what you're supposed to learn. What you're supposed to learn is you should know something about marriage before you get married. 
that now if you see your friends bust up, we think we learned a lot. What did you learn? That you don't trust yourself when you're going to get married to stay married? Like this you thought, when I get married, then I'll be forever. But I see my friend is a nice guy, sweet guy, and we're in love. She whiz. Hmm. Might happen to me too. Is that something that you learned? Well, that's a good lesson. It might happen to you, but what can you do about avoiding it? Nothing you can do. If he couldn't avoid it, I couldn't. Wrong lesson. The fire, and then you can, you can put it on the marketplace. You can decide whether it's valid or it's not valid. That's the way to live. That's the way to grow. Number 13 is that for living, it's especially important when you're upset and you're quarreling and you're fighting. That's when we make the biggest mistakes, you see. That's when a husband and wife will get a, a divorce. The, the husband says, she's a monster. You know the girl. He loved the girl. You thought she was great. You've, we've been friends for years. She's a monster. She's a And she says he's the devil with horns. There hasn't been an evil create. <laughs> wow. You know. People are irrational. So you say, now what's wrong? Tell me exactly what's wrong. Well, he doesn't appreciate me. Wait, wait, wait. What's wrong? What do you think really went wrong? My pride was hurt. Is that right? So when you get into the involved in the situation, that's all that went wrong. Come on, they're nice people. They start out nice people. They're nice people. Yeah? But their pride got hurt, and they escalated. <laughs> and they might be doing things that are unimaginable. They might be doing, like calling up in the middle of the night and making a... And making obscene threats. <laughs> they might be doing things that, wow, what, what happened? That's when you go nuts. You go all the way. <laughs> you know, you go, woo, right? So once you, you, you lose your, your equilibrium, you don't know how far you're going to go. Yeah. So they might be doing things. But what happened? Really, what happened? So when you get involved, don't start thinking that my parents hate me. Define, really, what is going on. They're saying that I'm a ne'er-do-well, that I never did a stitch of work in my life, that I'm stupid, that I'm ungrateful. Now, really, what's going on? It's a little hard to get your equilibrium, what's going on, right? But obviously, they uh, are uh, they're getting the message that I'm wasting my life, and they are worried about it. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's going on. It's hard to focus on what's going on when the bullets are flying, right? But it's very important. They're worried about me. That's what's going on. And they have a very, very bad way of conveying that worry. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Okay. Now you got the picture. Now you can decide what to do with it. But when you're involved, you better get the picture straight. Otherwise you're going to do X. You're going to break up with parents, with, with the people who are concerned for you. You can do things that are crazy. Get a hold of the picture, especially when you're emotionally involved. Number 14 is anything that's worth your time. You're reading a newspaper, you're touring, define. What did you learn? What are you doing? What do you want to do? You remember reading a New York Times for a few hours and somebody asked you what's new? What was it about? There was an article about what? Nothing! Blank! You <laughs> spent a couple hours. So if it's worth your time... Before you go away, ask yourself, so what's new? What did you read? What are they saying? And what does it mean? So you pay attention. If, you, if it's worth investing, then figure out 
what it is that is being said. So B of this is that the same thing goes with novels or with a, a, a conversation or with a, a movies. You're going there. What does Star Wars mean? What does it mean? It was a great feeling, right? But what does it mean? It means that there is this force, right? It means that we, we feel the force, we like the force, and it, it's attractive, the force, right? And you've got to count on the force, but don't mention God. That would be pretty gauche if, you, if they said, well, God will help. Huh? Is that right? They wouldn't have one guy in the audience left, yeah? The force, oh, okay, force. The murderer comes in town, and you got to give him a fair, a fair shootout. What is being said? See what's being said to you. Number uh, 15 is that the same thing goes if you're having an argument. Very important. So let's say you're arguing with a fellow for 15 minutes. So what you want to do in order to get out of arguing is ask him to define what is it that I'm saying. Please tell me, what am I saying? I'll tell you what you're saying. Then at least you know you're arguing about the same thing. Do, do you see that? It'll help enormously in getting a discussion or an argument down to being productive. Okay, so why, why would we need this? So, friends, you've got to appreciate that if you don't know what you're talking about, it's no use talking. If you don't know what you learn, there's no use learning. If you don't know what you read, <laughs> then there's no use reading. So you have to focus on what before you take it any f anywhere further. It's a tool for living. Number two is that if you don't know what you're doing, if you haven't the definition of what you're doing, then you're in trouble. You're trying to be good and you don't know what you're, what you're doing. <laughs> you're confused. Number three is that in Judaism we go a lot deeper. We say clarity or death. Either you know what you're living for, you know what you want, you know what your pleasure is, or you're confused. And confusion is a lack of awareness, is death. Either you know what you're living for, or you're a zombie. That's why we need Shmiatos. We have to know, we have to get definitions. Definitions is the clarity to live with. Now, as far as an assignment is concerned, I would ask you a simple assignment. These five terms, good, want to be a good man? Get a definition. Tolerance, you believe in tolerance? Fanatic, what's a fanatic? Freedom, do you believe in freedom? What is freedom? To be able to do whatever you feel like doing? Is that freedom? And brainwashing, what is brainwashing? What's the difference between brainwashing and education? Make a definition for each. What is your definition? You've used these terms. Yeah? What is your definition of good? Make that effort. It's a terribly tough, rough effort, but it's well worth your time. Make that effort. You have been listening to Voices from Jerusalem. For a complete listing of our cassettes, see our web store at aish.com. For a free cassette catalog, email us at voices at aish.com. Or call toll-free in the U.S., 1-800-VOICES-3. Our main office is at 1 Western Wall Plaza, Jerusalem, Israel. Shalom from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.